You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast, and today I'm joined by Lauren Haynes. In this episode, we discuss her role as a lead teacher, her go-to resources for fluency, and her most popular TPT resources. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy, so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Haynes from Busy Bee Speech. Lauren is a licensed speech-language pathologist and lead teacher out of Louisiana. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Benita. How are you? Good. It was such a pleasure to meet you at the 2019 ASHA convention, and I'm excited to hear more about your journey and get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there? Sure. Um, my name is Lauren LaCour Haynes. I recently got married last year, so some of you may still know me by Lauren LaCour, but my name did change and I am Lauren Haynes. Um, I've been an SLP in the schools since 2006. I got a school-based job right out of grad school, so I've actually never worked in any other setting but the schools. In my first five or six years, I was itinerant between multiple schools, meaning I traveled, but then I was transferred to a full-time position at a new school that was um, being built and opened up. So I've been full-time at the school I'm currently at since then, and then for the last three years, I've been lead teacher there with a part-time speech caseload. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much my journey and where I've been, and then I've been blogging and creating TPT materials with Busy Bee Speech since about 2012. Oh, wow. Long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. I um, kind of on and off, up and down, but, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. <laughs> That's awesome. How did you get into blogging in TPT? Back then, there wasn't a lot of materials that were just easy to come by. And, um, you know, working in the schools, you have to buy some things with your own money because you get a, only get a certain amount that's allotted. So I just started making my own. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll put them on here since other people are. Maybe I'll try it and see. And then I just kept doing it. And people kept asking for other materials. So I just kept doing it, especially with fluency materials, because there really wasn't a lot. So I just started doing especially fluency materials and kept going from there. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely talk about like some of your more popular TPT products soon. I want to hear more about your role as an SLP and lead teacher at your school. Yeah. Okay. So in my district, there is a lead special education teacher at the school level on every school campus or building. Some people call it building. And it can be an SLP or it can be a special ed teacher. And I am currently the lead teacher at my school. So this means that I have half of a caseload of speech students. And then the other half of my time is doing those lead teacher responsibilities. So for lead teacher, I'm responsible for overseeing all of the special ed teachers and paraprofessionals at my school. And that means that I assist with scheduling, answering questions that come up, making sure IEPs and paperwork is compliant. I problem solve with teachers and administrators on programming and individual student needs. 
I spend a lot of time putting out fires. <laughs> um, and then another big part of it is coming up with plans and systems for dealing with uh, challenging behaviors. So I'm on the crisis team for all the SPED kids who need that. And I'm responsible for helping to come up with behavior interventions for all of them. So it has its pros and cons. So as an SLP, I do have half a caseload. And then we have another SLP at our school who has more of a full caseload. So half a speech caseload does have its perks since that means half the number of IEPs and progress reports. But I definitely do stay busy trying to manage my students plus the SPED staff that student needs. But with speech, I typically work with pre-K through two. And then my coworker sees the older kids. And I have students with a variety of speech and language disorders, which I like. It's fun having a variety. I think it keeps it interesting. I work with students who are nonverbal, minimally verbal. I have some artic kids, some language learning disorders. And even though I only have half a caseload, I still have three fluency kids. But for some reason, they always find me in. <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> love work, working with the fluency kids. It's challenging, but I don't know. I think it's super fun and interesting to tackle. Cool. Well, yeah, I definitely want to hear more about that, like your recommended resources for fluency. But I wanted to ask, how long have you been in this position as the lead teacher? This is my third year doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So third year, you're probably third time's a charm. And do you think you'll do this for the long term? Well, yeah, as long as I'm there, I think I'll, I'll do it. If something else comes up to where I wanted to, you know, move out of the school setting, then that would be different. Um, or if I wanted to do busy bee speech full time or something like that, then that would be one thing. But I think as long as I'm at the school, I'm going to stick with doing lead teacher as long as they'll have me. It's, I really like being able to come up with ideas and, and seeing those impacting the kids. And I don't know, I guess I feel like I am making a difference with them. So it does have its rewarding benefits. Good. Well, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you talked about fluency and how you have three kids on your caseload and how you kind of got started by making fluency resources. So what are your go-to resources for fluency? Okay. So there are some great resources out there, but there used to be not a lot. There used to be very little, um, especially those easy to use or hands-on resources. And that's why I kind of started making some of my own. Um, And I do have a ready to use print and go interactive fluency binder for school age and one for preschool. Um, So I did two different age groups because I felt like the the things that you target with fluency kids at those ages, age levels are a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. I do use those two resources a lot. But other resources that I really love and would recommend to anyone would be the practical stuttering guides from Stuttering Therapy Resources. So those are those um, big binders by Dr. Yaris and Nina Reeves. They are really great and very thorough. Um, There are two, I think, that I have. Oh, awesome. Okay. One that targets school age and then one for preschool. Um, So they do cover a lot. And yeah, I would recommend those to anyone. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you for that recommendation. And you do, like you said, you make TPT products. So what are some of your most popular TPT products? Um, some popular ones I have, I guess my best sellers would be my fluency binders, the one for school age and preschool. And I think people like them because they are print and go and interactive. So the kids get to color, cut and glue things and really stay busy while they're learning. And they focus on all three of the aspects of fluency therapy that I like to work on, which are education, counseling, and stuttering modification or strategy practice. So they're pretty big packets. And 
and they, you know, they work really well. The students love them. And then I do have interactive binders for articulation as well. So it makes mixed group with our tick and fluency kids pretty easy. Those are pretty popular. And then the fluency tools treatment packet is also a good one. It's cute because it uses pictures of actual tools to represent their fluency tools or strategies that help them stay smooth. So the kids really like that. And then I think my baseline data packets, I get good feedback from those. I have those for articulation and language. They're very thorough and they're print and go, so they makes, it makes it super easy to get baselines or even use them for progress monitoring. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you have good, like, evergreen resources that people can use for those different areas like fluency, articulation, and language. That's great. Yeah, I do. And then like one of my newer resources that I'm really loving right now is my core word sensory bins. Um, I really like implementing those into my core word of the week lessons for my minimally verbal kids. They are full of ideas and suggestions and activities to create like a sensory bin that's centered around those AAC core words. So it gives them lots of opportunities to practice that word in that session. Fun. I'm glad you shared about that because I don't know that I've heard about that one. I'll have to share it with the core calendar club group that I have on Facebook. That's cool. Yeah, um, my kids have been loving it. And I do like a core word of the week lesson. I push in and do that in my um, like moderate to severe class that I go into. Uh They're really loving those, you know. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult with different types of kids to work with the sensory bin because they can make a big mess, but (laughs) they all love it, you know. (laughs) That's really cool. Awesome. So you were talking about how you work with kids who are minimally verbal. What are some resources that you recommend for SLPs who work with students who are minimally verbal? Yeah, I do have a good number of these kiddos on my caseload, and most are either preschool age or are developmentally more on that preschool level. So I have a few tips that I can give you with these more so than actual resources, if that would be okay. Perfect. Yeah. um, So my first tip with working with one of those minimally verbal kids would be to have a routine or some structure to your therapy session. Um, I do try to do the same types of activities every session so that the student knows what to expect. And then it gives opportunities for them to learn those little scripts and schema. For example, we sing the same song every day while we walk down the hall. And I always stop at my door and wait for the student to say open door, either on their device or verbally. Um, And then we read a book at the beginning of every session and we end every session by blowing bubbles. So I guess I think that that routine is really helpful. It helps build those little pathways in their brains and repetition and practice, you know, can go a long way. So I guess my tip would be to do the same thing every session and then My next one would be to be sure and use visuals. Um, I love using visual schedules, visual sentence strips, visual timers, all of those things. So they're a really big help when it comes to those types of kiddos that have more difficulty communicating when they have something concrete and visual to look at. Um, Mm -hmm, So I definitely think those. Yeah. And then my third tip would probably be to communicate often with parents in the schools, I know it's really hard to consistently communicate with parents. I think it's easier if you might have a private practice or something like that where you see parents often, but in the schools, it's not always easy. So I try to send home some type of handout or resource to educate parents at least once a month. In the schools, we have like take-home folders, and so it's easy just to stick something in there if a parent doesn't answer the phone or doesn't, you know, answer an email. Sometimes I might try to send a little email, but I know they're going to check their folder. 
So if I have something to send in there, then that's usually the way I usually go. I have a monthly parent handout resource with an emphasis on core words that I use. And then I think, I think Jenna from Speechroom News has some seasonal parent handouts that I've, I've used those in the past too. Those are great as well. That's awesome. I was going to ask if you had a resource to go home to parents. So that's great that you do. Yeah, I do. And it's leveled. It has two levels. One is like the more minimally verbal kid handout and the other one is a little bit higher, but the minimally verbal one has like an explanation of core words and more of an emphasis on that. Awesome. Great. Are you feeling burnout at work or wondering what comes next? Maybe you feel stuck in your career and you're ready to make a change. My friend, you deserve a career that makes you feel fulfilled, inspired, and excited to wake up in the morning. I've experienced burnout multiple times over my career, but I'm finally fulfilled with the work I'm doing for Speechy Side Up. I had this huge rush of overwhelming gratitude the other day when I realized I've been doing this for almost two years now, and I still get so excited to do podcast interviews, create resources, and pursue new goals. I used to cry a lot when I felt like my identity and career didn't match up. Then I started listening to books and podcasts and discovered strategies that helped me figure out my passion and how to align my career with it. Thinking back, I wish there was a mentor I could have spoken with or a course that I could have taken to guide me in realizing my why quicker since I spent such a long time feeling stuck. That's why I asked my friend Devin Rossillo, a guest on this podcast, if I could help spread the word about her Elevate SLP course. This course is about elevating your life and erasing your limitations. It shows you how to tackle your personal and professional growth and development without it being scary and leads you toward fulfillment. If you're ready to make a change, then go to bit.ly slash the empowered SLP to learn more. You can keep doing the same thing and wonder why you feel unmotivated and burnout. Or you can use the strategies in this course to get clarity, direction, and a step-by-step guide to making awesome professional goals. So you said for kids who are minimally verbal, you would recommend like establishing a routine, using visuals, and communicating with parents. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, Yeah, I also like to incorporate movement and music um, in my sessions because I think that they're little, it's important to keep them moving. Sometimes they are very active when they're, um, when they're really verbal because they don't have the communication to be able to communicate or to explain what they want. And so I think that keeping them moving and using music is a good way to do that. I heard a quote once that said that music occupies more areas of the brain than language does. Mm-hmm. And when I went to a, a training that talked about music and therapy, it was like really eye-opening. And because it talked about how music activated the happy neurotransmitters and increases and strengthens synapses, and it was just great for like arousing those emotions and feelings. So I try to use singing and music into preschool sessions and my minimally verbal kids sessions. And it's great for like greetings and farewells and teaching them to shake hands and following simple instructions and all of those things. Definitely good for circle time if you push into a preschool class. And then YouTube has a lot of like preschool song suggestions and things like that. So I try to incorporate some kind of songs and music with those kids. And then if they learn a song, you can always do clothes with those kids and you can like stop and have them fill in the blanks. And I think that helps, you know, get the talking a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great tip. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks for sharing those. Well, I want to wrap up by asking some getting to know you questions. I ask most of my guests these questions. And the first one is, do you have any good stories or therapy fails you want to share? <laughs> therapy fails. Well, um, I did have a student fall asleep on me one time. <laughs> um, I guess that's a little more relaxed than you want to get with those relaxation exercises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so I, th I think he was just sick that day. But yeah, I've had a kid fall asleep a couple times. But, um, but I really do feel like I learned from every single one of my kids. So it's super rewarding when you work and work with something and they finally get that R sound or they say their first word or, I don't know, they attend to task for more than two minutes. <laughs> um, so I guess I've had you know, sessions that I've had to wing it go amazing. And I've had sessions that I planned out perfectly go, you know, completely wrong. Like sensory bins get spilled or the kid is just super non-compliant that day. <laughs> or I don't know, I pull out Play-Doh and it goes straight into their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's just the nature of working with kids, but I love it. I don't know of any like specific, I can't think of any specific, you know, fails, but it's just kind of like a lot of little things that add up. <laughs> yeah. All those little memories. That's funny. Yeah. What are three things that you can't work without? So this is hard. You know, in school, they try to teach you that you should be able to do therapy with one thing, like a paperclip or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I guess three of my favorite things to use in therapy would be, um, number one would be books. So I'm definitely a book therapy kind of girl. I have learned to target almost any goal with a picture book and some dialogic reading strategies. So I definitely love books. I think they have huge benefits on communication potential and um, increasing those language skills as well as our tech skills. So I, I use books almost every session. And then I guess visuals, like I talked about before, they really do make such a difference, not only with minimally verbal kids, but with my other language and our tech kids as well. So whether it's using, you know, Mighty Mouth with an Artic kid or sentence strips with some grammar kids, like I just think that they make such a difference and it'd be really hard to not be able to have some sort of visual to use, even if it's just some kind of makeshift drawing or something, even though I'm not an artist. But I don't know, so many of my kids just need that concrete picture. So yeah, books and visuals and I guess my third one would be um, bubbles. They're just the perfect therapy tool. They're cheap and engaging and they provide, you know, endless opportunities for communication. You can use them for requesting. You can use them for just like a reinforcement task for your older kids or practice your turn and my turn and all that. So love me some bubbles. Oh yeah. You know, you can't be an SLP without bubbles. That's for sure. Are there like a particular brand that you like? Because the one thing is the bubbles spilling. That's a big fear. Okay. So I think it's Walmart. They have these no spill top where like the top has little flaps. I don't remember the name of the brand, but they're called no spill bubbles, I think. And so the wand goes in and then it, it kind of has these little plastic flaps. So you can't, they don't spill very much, but the Dollar Tree has these like long wand tubes of bubbles. Mm -hmm. So I like those for, for to give to the kids because I can close them real tight. Because like those little ones that don't spill are great, but they can easily open, like take the wand out and, in and out. Um, okay. But then these have like a top that you can close tight and then the wand is connected to the top. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like when you pull the top off, the wand comes out. So I, I can give them, give it to them and then they can't open it. So they have to request to open it and then I'll, you know, open it and then they can request bubble. So it just gives them more opportunities. <laughs> I like that. That's a good point. No, oh, it's a really yeah. good point. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So what do you enjoy doing outside of work? Besides blogging and working on busy speech stuff, I like reading. I like audiobooks and if these days because you know you just you can do other things while you listen mm-hmm. I bake I like to bake travel my husband and I travel pretty good bit and then I am um, pretty crafty so I like making different things yeah that's awesome what yeah. do you what are you reading right now or what do you like to listen to uh okay so I like <laughs> lots of different types of things I have you know, everything from self-help to Christian fiction to speech books to how to spend your time wisely, you know, all those things. Um, Mm -hmm. But the last book I read that was really good was called Before We Were Yours. Okay. Yeah. I actually listened to that one too. Yeah. It was, it was intense, but it was pretty, it was real. I thought it was well-written. Yeah. Did you read it or did you listen to the audible version? I listened to the audible version. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I think I so too. if anybody's interested, it's a good one. And it's rated really well. I think it's like on the New York Times bestseller list, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other favorite books? So like all-time favorites? Oh, hmm, I don't know. I like, sometimes I'll just read like Harry Potter books or something. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you just need just something just to listen to, to um, that's fun and lighthearted. <laughs> I'll just like my go-to, you know, reading Harry Potter or something. But um, but yeah, I like a, a wide variety. So if people like recommend something, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll listen or read it, see what the ratings are first, usually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, cool. All right. Well, before we finish, I want to know what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Um, that is a great question. And I think like it definitely took me several years to feel confident in my knowledge and abilities as an SLP. I don't know if others felt or feel that same, but I had a hard time convincing myself that I knew what I was doing and that I could trust that I had something to bring to the table. Um, I remember one day that uh, we had an IEP meeting with a a difficult parent and um, I don't know, I remember shrinking back a lot during IEPs before and stumbling over my words often because I just didn't feel confident, you know? And, uh, and then we had that meeting and something just changed in my mindset because she was saying something and I knew what was the right course to take and I knew why, and I could explain what the research said and what I learned from my experiences and then, and all of that, you know, and I did, I just explained that to the parent and then the parent was really, um, it received it really well and respected me a lot for it. And I think like ever since then, I felt a lot more confident and I guess I would just tell my younger self to, to just be confident and to not be afraid to dig a little bit deeper and to ask questions and just to trust myself and my instincts more because you, you know, you get an education and you don't realize how much you really learn, but you do, you, you have that knowledge base. So I guess I would tell, you know, any new SLP or myself coming out of grad school or whatever that um, you're not going to always feel (laughs) confident or feel like you know what you're doing, but you do know more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So if people are not following along, where can they find and connect with you? Okay. So my blog is just busybeespeech.com and my TPT store name is Lauren LaCour Haynes. 
um, on Instagram and Facebook at Busy Bee Speech. And it's all just spelled like it sounds, Busy Bee Speech. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. You are just a wealth of knowledge and I know people are really going to love hearing from you. And I'm sure if they have any questions about fluency or fluency resources, they can now reach out to you because they know where to find you. So thanks again for coming on. Yes, ma'am. No problem. All right. Until next time, Lauren. Okay. Before we go, I wanted to see if you like listening to these episodes every week. Do you want to keep hearing from these awesome guests? And do you love that you can learn the helpful resources and tips for free? My editor, aka my sister, and I spend a lot of time every week putting these episodes together so that they can be ready for you on Wednesday mornings. We would love it so much if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media or leave a positive review. And guess what? Every month, I will choose one reviewer to win a little thank you gift. You can choose from a product in my TPT store, an AAC coaching call, or gift card. It's the least I can do to show how much I appreciate your support. It's because of you that this podcast keeps going.